Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Starving for Attention. Uh, Richard Blaze, Jasmine Blaze, cozying up to the table. Evening. With, what's that? Good evening. Good evening. Yes, it is an <laughs> evening with the fireplace on. Roaring, actually. It, it is roaring because it's a, a, a balmy... 56. Is it 56? It okay, is 56. I was going to say like 62 <laughs> or 63, which no. I feel like is usually... We don't put the fireplace on for 62. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you might. Probably. You like the fireplace. Most likely. I am fired up just back off of a uh, what, 30, 30 hour trip, something like that, 36 hour trip to New York City where I was on Good Morning America this morning, which will be yesterday to you. You're rolling your eyes at me. Well, I just, you have to do like the podcast time travel of like, what day is this? What That's day right. Tomorrow? Well, no, this will get up it, sometime wait, tomorrow. Close. So it was yeah. just yesterday. Uh, and doing Thanksgiving recipes on Good Morning America for Campbell's well, Soup, which is like, kind of amazing. We're like countdown time. We're, we're like 36 hours away from, from turkey time. 100%. And uh, I, t- I cooked the uh, green bean casserole. The, I called it GBC 2.0 because I did a version That's right. of this dish. Um, but you know what was a crazy stat? Not, because no one's going to go back and watch this segment anyway. Uh, 20 million households yeah. on Thanksgiving cook green bean casserole. That is crazy. That's that's a lot. That is. I was. Gonna, I mean, I was gonna besides say. turkey, I wonder if there's something else that would be as ubiquitous. Mm, good. See, that's where I was going with that. Is okay. like, is it the mashed potatoes? Clearly, maybe. one of maybe the top. It's three. probably the most composed dish that is that common. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, turkey is a one. In, it's an ingredient. Mashed potatoes is one thing. Like, it's what? it's a people are following a recipe. And it's pretty much the same thing in 20 million houses. You know what I'm saying? Right. The stuffing, Does that make sense? Stuffing doesn't count. Like cranberry. No, stuffing could count. Okay. Like, so the, if you wanted to say like, you know, the box stuffing, like that might be. Oh, it, ha- it has to be. I mean, this, it has that to be brand. a package thing. It just can't be No, not be like package. I don't mean side. package. I just mean like it's a recipe. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a composed recipe with multiple ingredients. Mm. Right. That's what the green bean casserole is. That's not like turkey is yeah. not a. It's green beans and cream and mushroom right. soup is what it is. Yeah. But anyway, 20 million. That's a lot. You're right. Besides the turkey. And maybe mashed potatoes. Okay. But those are single You things. have to throw Thanksgiving party yeah. just for yourself. It's yeah. a sad Thanksgiving. Uh, super. And you're cooking for yourself. Or someone's cooking for you. But the, the prerequisite is they only can cook a protein and two sides. What are you going to do? What, what, are you order, what are you ordering? Or I'm not even cooking? having a protein. I'm having stuffing. I'm having Swedes. And I'm having cranberry sauce. <laughs> nice. Stuffing. Swedes, which are mashed rutabagas, yep. very popular in this house. Our and, family, yeah. Uh, you're gonna bypass the turkey. You're yeah, not even gonna. I don't you're, need it. You're not. Are you not a big turkey fan? I don't need it. I don't. I don't. I mean, like, I like it, and I'll have a little bit. But honestly, the ratio of turkey to everything else is quite small mm. in my on my plate. Okay. Yeah. And you, I, I do like the Thanksgiving sandwich, like afterwards. Like yes. then I do like turkey. So maybe I just kind of like save it for that. You're, you're probably a bigger fan of the actual leftovers, more of a fan of the leftovers than you are of That's the actual true. meal. Well, I just can't sit down and like put away two big plates, like you know. Do you put gravy on your sandwich? Yeah, like but it's got to be like congealed, like gravy mayo. Yes. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. 
Even with the cream of uh, chicken soup this morning. Yeah. Uh, I'm really plugging this segment yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just like smear it on bread. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. But I guess. Uh, it works. It's kind of like chicken flavored mayonnaise, which either may right. is going to make you vomit in your mouth or get really, really excited. Speaking of vomiting in your mouth, uh, I've had 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. <laughs> Papa John uh, making his return man. to uh, the media he, circuit. He, he probably should have just stayed gone, I'm going to say. I think so because yeah. he had there's memes all over. I didn't know what it was. I guess he did an interview in Louisville. And he was ousted for, you know, uh, in some sort of big coup. And, uh, you know, he, he had said some horrible, uh, some, some horrible racial thing, right? right? And then he got uh, let go of his company, but he's back and sweaty. Like and now he's a meme. 40 pizzas in 30 days, obviously more than one a day. Do you think he's like <laughs> going to different houses and ordering them at different places? Like, or is it just like the Papa John's oh. delivery guy's like, I'm delivering another one to Papa John again. He's really studying. Do you know what I mean? This. Like, yeah. is he like going to different cities and ordering them? Is he like all in Louisville? Like, do they just, I don't know, but he's obviously on the schmear. Ca- the I got a lot of questions, but after I, after campaign. I watched that like 30 minute or 30 second clip, I, I'm kind of scared of him. <laughs> To be honest, yeah, he, like, uh, he's a little like, yeah. scary. I mean, I think that was even the case. I, I got to meet him once at like a Final Four or something like that in passing, and he he came off like that. Um, scary? But anyway, that's the meme or of sweaty. the day. Sweaty and scary. Okay. Sweaty and scary. Both. Uh, that's our hot topic of the day. But anyways. Papa John. Thanksgiving coming up yes. soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tomorrow. What are you going to start cooking like today? Yes. T- so what? on Wednesday, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to start. I've, I've uh, been looking behind us there. So uh, I'll start peeling some rutabagas tomorrow. I'll make some mac and cheese. peel rutabaga. What? I can peel rutabaga. Okay. But I mean, I'm a, I'm a force to be reckoned and with we, in and the kitchen. I didn't get any macaroni noodles. I told you that because yeah, well, I we couldn't still find them. We can go to the them. store. Yeah. We can find them anywhere. But I'm gonna, the macaroni and cheese is going to take a little while because I am going to... There's a bechamel. There's a, a pureed cauliflower in I feel there. like we have to go back because I, I feel I, like we're going to get comments. I could find macaroni noodles, guys. I'm, I'm not like illiterate or anything or like I can reach. But I was tasked with finding large macaroni noodles, which are very difficult to find. So if anybody's got a, a hookup on those in San Diego, let me know. Yes, I did task. It was a difficult task. It was. They're all little. They're all teeny tiny, um, teeny tiny. I have a, a axe to grind on the... Uh, so we, I make this macaroni and cheese. I like adding cauliflower puree to it. It's been something that was on the menu at a restaurant called Blaze many years ago. Uh, yes, you, you, I don't know if you remember, yeah. but... Um, but here's the problem now. Everything's cauliflower. No, everything's cauliflower. And not only that, like I, I did this recently and, and people think I'm copying Oprah and that really bothers me. Uh, Oprah now has like the yeah, cauliflower, she the cauliflower crust, crust pizza. She's got a commercial she's where she's, some, she's, she's making it. mac and cheese she's and she's like, it. but I replaced some of it with cauliflower. Like cauliflower Listen, is clearly Oprah's We could go ingredient. back because if you recall, you made a baby food for that company a long time ago flavor that oh. was going back to collie as in cali and it had cauliflower in it so like you've been doing it for a long time that was like when riley was a baby so that's 11 years ago you did that yeah that's a long no. time um 100 you can stake your claim okay is you, what i'm saying you, you feel okay with it i feel okay i feel like you know one you know no one should fight you on that now but it's true because i went to go find pearl onions which was another thing i was ta- f- peeled pearl onions which is another thing i was tasked with finding and I did not find them. But in the frozen vegetable section, it's all cauliflower. 
it's just all like there are no more vegetables that exist it's all just cauliflower mm. in different forms mm. it's very strange it's like riced cauliflower cauliflower stuffing cauliflower this like it was crazy well we've probably talked about that on the podcast too how things like riced cauliflower which was cauliflower couscous which was like jose andres and el bulli mm. 12 years ago, right. 15 years ago. Right. Now it's like ubiquitous on the shelves of Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Right. You can find it everywhere and even frozen. Exactly. It also reminds me of the, what you said the other day when you said that IHOP is doing funnel cakes because you did funnel cakes for them 10, Ooh, 10 years ago. Calling me out. See, this is what I, this is where you like really like rise to the occasion on the podcast open. <laughs> Because we've we are doing we're doing some uh, well that's what you're saying what you're saying what you're brands. saying is that like Jose Andres is doing that like someone's putting this out there and doing it in a very like precious you know beautiful way and then eventually it trickles down and it then it becomes you know on every shelf everywhere yes right? and uh, to be clear just to get this out I did some uh, non consumer facing stuff for IHOP many years ago I know that we talked about funnel cake now all of a sudden it's on the menu so in my mind. I'm connecting the dots. There's a lot of R&D. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, go back it to that took idea. some time, yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, more than one person can come up with great ideas as well. Now, Thanksgiving, your favorite holiday. It's mine, oh. I think. It's or, one of them. It's one of them. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's one of them, Christmas but it's not. and New Year's sort of fall I like, I like Halloween. Up. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you like Halloween? <laughs> you do like Halloween. I like Halloween. You got me to like Halloween. I, I like I never, Easter. Yeah, you're, okay, yeah. So, you, you, yeah. Thanksgiving's the one. Thanksgiving's yeah. the one for Thanksgiving's me. Thanksgiving's a great holiday. Uh, so I'll be it making is. the macaroni and cheese, peeling some rutabagas, getting some stuff going. Gravy's a big... Gravy's an issue because to make a really good gravy, you need turkey fat. How do you get turkey fat if you don't roast your turkey? Mm. Uh, it needs to cook, so mm. you can't really get the fat while the turkey's roasting in a pan. Uh, we might have to buy some uh, turkey necks or something like that mm. to start some uh, gravy yeah. tomorrow as well. So like the gravy is one I say, if you, if you have the time, that's something you should do ahead. Yeah. Um, I get the question a lot. Mm. This is not about turkey necks, um, but I get the question a lot of who cooks in our house all the time, but uh, especially around a so holiday like Thanksgiving, who cooks in our house? Um, this one definitively is you, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's well, kind of like this um, silent uh, arrangement that we have. We've never really discussed it, but I've never had to like uh, put on Thanksgiving, which I really appreciate. Oh, okay, good. Because <laughs> yeah. this, you're welcome to. No, you're I don't welcome want to. to be a part of it. I mean, I am. I I, I fill in. You're I am a part of it where I need to you're be. You're going to make but... some sort of healthy salad. Yeah. And uh, you're yeah. going to make some whipped cream for pies. Yeah. Well, and yeah. You might I mean, make a pie. We're going to make a chocolate. Yeah, pie. Riley and I are making a chocolate cream pie. Kathy's blowing you up. Kathy yeah. Rogowski making yeah. uh, a you podcast. Say people's last names. Yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll blurp it out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll blurp it out. I've had 40 pizzas in 30 days. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yeah, I don't mind um, it. I, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. So that's, uh, if anybody's wondering, like these these turkey neck conversations and gravy ponderings, um, I'm not part of at all, typically. No. I'll, and I'll get in <laughs> happily, there. But I, happily I, I not enjoy part it. Of it. It's going to be a small, intimate Thanksgiving this year. It's basically uh, like your like draft day, like your combine day, <laughs> I feel like. It's oh not, my God, look how fast he peeled those rutabagas. It doesn't really... <laughs> He's. We haven't seen someone do this since Tom yeah. Brady ran a forty in khakis. Yeah, the shuttle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it goes. It's one of the questions is always like, how do we tackle the turkey? Like physically tackle, not like tackle. The well, turkey, we had but. you had plans to fry a turkey yes. this year, but it's going to rain on Thanksgiving, like really mm. bad, like rain and thunder and lightning. It was big storms okay. all over. So it is a like box fryer. It's it's I meant to be. It's not inside supposed the house. to be in the house. It I don't. It's supposed to be in the house. Really? That's, I don't think you appliance. should do it in the house. 
It's supposed to be in the house, but also it has, it's not here yet. So I don't think you have to worry about that. This turkey is going to go in the oven. Also, it's a 22 pound bird, okay. which I don't know if it's going to even fit in that. I got the smoker on outside. We could pop it in there. We've done it's that be one raining. year. Pouring rain. As a matter of fact, we did the turkey in the smoker the one year and it was really beautifully red hued and dark caramel colored and it got a lot of engagement on Instagram and everyone said, you burnt it. It's burnt. Yeah. And it's like, you guys know nothing. You guys know nothing. Literally, it was actually perfect. Uh, but um, we were going to have Artie Sequera on this episode. She's not there because we're dealing with some drama, uh, podcast drama. Um, but the, what the, else? The weirdest kind of drama. <laughs> Did you just get that meme I sent you the other day that was like, every millennial's dream is to host a podcast and do a couple of bits of stand up? Yes. And I thought of you. Of course. Okay, good. Because I dabble in the stand-up and we have a podcast. Okay, uh, All right, so let's, let's get down. one. Brass tacks. Let's get down to yeah, Thanksgiving. Let's do it. What do you absolutely 100% know exactly what you're making? You know what I mean? Like, mm. is there one thing that you know exactly how? Because you, you are very, like, uh, freeform. Like, you kind of, oh. like, grab this, grab that. You don't know. Is that an insult? Stuffing is going to be, like, whatever you grab that day. Like, you couldn't yeah. tell me right now it's going to be date walnut, you know? Like, yeah. you have no clue what it's going to be. Mm. Yeah, it's a so, problem. So, like, is there actually. anything that you know? It's a flaw. Is it the cauliflower mac and cheese? Is that all that we know that's going to mm, be on But there? that doesn't make an appearance every year. But no. th- this year it is because, you know, we have been monitoring carb intake pretty seriously how does the cauliflower because uh, ma- pasta is carbs oh but you know oh what i'm saying is like i know we're making that because i've been craving mac and cheese gotcha so like that's the only one and i like the cauliflower part of it yeah you can use a little less feel you know, other yeah. other things uh, and i also like the flavor the funk of cauliflower how it works really well with cheddar cheese yeah. um besides that you're actually right there's just i kind of just wing yeah. it yeah the only i mean like as far as like family recipes, like the the, the rutabagas, rutabagas. Yeah. I mean that's kind of like from from my side. But I don't think you have like a a definitive thing that you make every Thanksgiving. So maybe we'll work on that this Thanksgiving. What do you mean? We well, those you don't need been, it. Those you biscuits have been a, a true. menu item for the last yeah, couple years. Of years. Yeah, you don't uh, need it. I'm just recipes, you know for four years with that recipe at, at least. least. Yeah, at least probably more. Um, more no, than that. I know. I but also there's something fun, especially though when it is like. Like stuffing is the great example. Yeah. Uh, I might make that bread pudding that I made on Good Morning America this okay. morning. And actually, it really looked good. R- yeah. Rarely do I do like food on a segment and I'm yeah. like, oh, wow, that actually looks like... <laughs> Did you eat it? Super delicious. I, I didn't because I was running around, but I mean, right. it's my recipe, so I cooked it. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess I should... You, Sorry, you I'm, sending, I'm sending you in a little like hole, I feel like. You are. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's one of my skills, obviously, has been like cooking Off improv and just cooking with yeah. whatever's in the fridge. Uh, so uh, it works out well for me. But yeah. I think, you know, do you, are you, do you want a walnut and date stuffing? Is no. that what you're saying? No, yeah, I don't want that either. That didn't sound good at all. Yeah. Did you get any um, sausage? We got pancetta. You know, I you looked at sausage. sausage. I did get pancetta. I didn't get sausage. I did look at it because it was on my list. Yeah. Um, I looked at it today mm-hmm. and I wasn't happy with it. So I figured oh. when you go to Whole Foods tomorrow, you can get it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so I, I have a couple yeah. things to get. Elbow macaroni, which you can't find in all of Southern California. <laughs> that makes me Boxed sound elbow ridiculous. Elbow macaroni. I'll grab some sausage. We're going to grab some extra rutabagas because you don't think eight are uh, uh-uh. enough. There's five, five over there, and I think we need more. I think there's more than five. You only eat it twice a year. There's only five of us having uh, dinner, but we have to have lots for leftovers. What about pies? Pies. Let's see. We have a um, an apple with crumble. Classic. Like an apple crumble. Classic. Uh, pumpkin. We have a chocolate cream that we're making, mm-hmm. and I don't have a pumpkin Riley's yet. Riley's making that, so, so I gotta go. I gotta go find a pumpkin pie. Yeah, we'll find a pumpkin pie. There's plenty. They're everywhere. Uh, I just don't want to like... I was surprised. We did this thing a couple of days ago. We we helped out and did like a big Friendsgiving for a local school. And 
uh, the choices were apple or pumpkin. And mm-hmm. there was like hundreds of people there and I was ha- yeah. helping out as a server. I was shocked how many people chose pumpkin over apple. Really? I guess oh, it is the, the I guess it is the choice iconic. of Thanksgiving. I- and iconic. I-, I like honestly feel um, nervous because I don't have a pumpkin pie yet. I'll be honest. Oh, so like it's, there you go. So it's like a, um, uh, it's like you have net. to have it's it. It's like there. a safety net. Yeah. yeah. You have to have okay. it. It's like w- what you. so many people associate Thanksgiving and pumpkin pie. That makes sense. It's, it's very seasonal if you will, but I have to say, uh, pound for pound, ounce by ounce, flavor by flavor. Yeah. Apple pie is the superior pie to yeah. pumpkin pie. Yeah. It's a gourd. So anyways, but, um, Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you um, have an amazing day. Yeah. We're putting up a friends, repeat, guys. Uh, but we're putting up a repeat of a good friend and uh, an Atlanta, little historical Atlanta buddy and top chef pal, Kevin Gillespie. Yeah. Kevin Gillespie's coming up. Uh, I, you know, he's throwing down. He's smoking his turkey. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. He's we probably gotta, frying one, too, I bet. He's probably, he's probably doing two turkeys. He's probably absolutely doing right. two. Yeah. Uh, but you might see a couple of uh, reruns coming up. The best of of the last couple of years. The yeah. opens will be new as we get ready to yeah. gear up for 2020. 20. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Have a great holiday season. And uh, I said this in a video that I haven't posted yet, so it'll probably pop up tomorrow. Weird. But like, be happy and thankful for the things that you have, not just the things that you're trying to get. This was kind of a message to myself. Did I tell you that? Why? Does it sound like it came? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, maybe. that's It's okay. finally seeped in. Good. But I think, you know, it, it came from me today, like, you know, going on Good Morning America, I've been lucky and blessed that I've been on that show a number of times, even just this year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I do things on tele. I do things that I never thought I would do five years ago. And like, I should be thankful for those things and the people that have helped me get to those positions <laughs> and not just thankful and grateful for the newer opportunities that haven't yet, yet presented themselves. Yeah. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. Love it. That's exactly right. Uh, you know what else uh, is going to be in the moment? What? Uh, all of these Anilon pots and pans that are yeah, getting some heavy work right here for the about Thanksgiving to get some work. season. The Anilon Advanced Home Cookware combines performance with convenience for the ultimate uh, Thanksgiving win for this week. Uh, infinity Slide Non-Stick System. Sounds like something that the Avengers would have. It, it, I think it is. The <laughs> yeah. Infinity Stone. Hopefully Thanos doesn't show up. Uh, and uh, to, to, to take the Anilon pens. That was a nice big sip, by the way. Um, but listen, we're using the advanced home uh, pots and pans. We're going to get them all out on the stove here for this Thanksgiving. Uh, and you know, the nonstick, we've talked about that. We've been cooking eggs, but it's going to have rutabagas in them. There's going to be stuffing happening. There's going to be gravy. all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah. A gravy Definitely. and these things, especially with a turkey, yeah. this this sort of stuff that can stick to a pan, right. not when you're using the Anilon Advanced Home Cookware set. It's new and there are special deals to celebrate the launch, like $50 off the 11-piece set, everyone. $50 off the 11-piece set. You can shop in-store and online at national retailers like Bed Bath & Beyond and Macy's. So go visit uh, those stores or go to analon.com for more information. By the way, they might not float the uh, floats for the Macy's Parade. It it's windy. It's so bummer. All right, Kevin Gillespie, everyone. Good to see you, man. You look you look great. That's what everybody says. I don't quite feel 100% yet, but but I guess I don't look terrible. Is it, is it one of those things? I mean, obviously, this is like a pretty dramatic moment yeah. for you, right? You're just coming back off of surgery recently? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had to have a kidney removed, so it turns out that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, good to see you, dude, Thanks, first of man. all. I mean, we're in your, your Hallmark restaurant, right? Yep. The flagship yep, uh, gun, gun show. show. Um, 
you were scrambling around looking for a double A battery for me, <laughs> which was, uh, I think, a, a perfect way to sort of start start yeah. off the podcast. Turns out harder to find than you would think. Either. You know what? I've been into two gas stations already. So, like, so, so the morning has already started in, like, a very, like, it seems like now that I don't live in Atlanta, it seems like it's been an episode of the show Atlanta. <laughs> like, I'm driving, like, the smallest rental car ever because I'm kind of a frugal guy. Right. And it's like a lawnmower with a football helmet, and I'm staying up in Buckhead. And, like, I've been scrambling around for double-A batteries. Uh, and I was yeah. like, you know who's going to have? I bet you there's one floating around a restaurant. And, yeah. of course, the one little thing that you always need is, is hard yeah. to find. We seem to have about 50 triple-A batteries, but no double-A's. So. No worries. Maybe they're getting phased out. That's what <laughs> yeah. it, I think that's what it is. <laughs> like, when it, oh, is it a QT? Is that what they are? Yeah, when yeah. the QT doesn't carry double-A's. Yeah, like, we've got a whole lot of triple-A's. Yeah, exactly. I forget what that movie was where they, they go in. Uh, I think it's Meet the Parents. Yeah, where it's like, we got, you can get a lot of mums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a really nice... A hundred dollar bottle of champagne. You can get a whole lot of bums. Yeah. Exactly. The fact that I don't, I don't do a lot of those. Like you know, how, you know, some people who like consistently reference like movies yes, like that. Yes. Are you one of those guys? No, they just work for me. So okay, I hear, exactly. I hear okay. All the, That's what I'm saying. I'm not one of those people yeah. either. I just spent a vacation with a good friend who did that. It was like, you don't remember this movie? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like I didn't just like spend my college years just watching movies for years on the line. Like the way they would just kill time is to constantly like blurt a line out and then see who could guess what movie that was from. And just years of working with these people, I feel like, even though I've never seen the movie, I know all the lines. From You're like, like 40-year-old virgin yeah, yeah, forgetting ex- Sarah yeah, Marshall. Yeah, like you know, exactly. You've never even seen right. the movies, yeah, but you yeah. know you Something know that all came out lines. of Ocean's Eleven, so yeah. That's kind of, and they, sometimes they become like rallying cries, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for sure, I'm, yeah. They're like a like, motto of, yeah, for people. Like I'll get, actually guys who worked for me like 10 years ago will still randomly text me lines from movies like that we were talking about back then and it's like as if that's like our Kurahi kind of thing. Like, I, I kind of love that. Yeah. I think that that's a I don't I, I doubt that it's an Atlanta thing but I feel like I've worked with a lot of people yeah. that are similar too. It's like okay well we're shelling fava beans for 45 minutes right. the three of us. Right. And you know and what else is there to do? What right. Else, and, <laughs> right. Well what is and, and you also I, I think um, your leadership style is like we're kind of like band of brothers and yeah, sisters. Yeah I'm very much like a battlefield leader like in the trenches kind of guy. Right. So, yeah. And like, yeah, of course, we're going to like talk about like the world. Right. Because yeah. I think you've also, though, worked in some really serious kitchens yeah. where um, like conversations sometimes aren't even like uh, people don't want to have like we weren't allowed to like I worked for Gunter Seeger. We weren't really allowed to talk to each other. Like we would get in trouble for having conversations. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Right. So I worked for Keller in a similar way where like it was just like silence. Yeah. And uh, there's a certain amount of pressure yeah. to that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and then when you're released from that, right? And yeah. you're like, oh wait, we can talk about like the ball game last right. night, yeah, or exactly. like where I went to eat yesterday, right. yeah. and we can also move our hands. <laughs> right. Like the one thing that I've always drawn the line in the sand about is that I never wanted to have that workplace where people were really unprofessional. So it's like we can talk as long as we're not like being. I don't like it when people are mean to other people or they just sort of like you know. I don't like to hear people bad mouthing other restaurants while we're at work. Like it's just like Ooh, leave that somewhere else. Like, you know that's what? just not my thing. So. Dude, I love that you brought that up. You're like getting right into the heat of like what the podcast is about. Like, doesn't that happen like every day? Do you yeah. guys, are you guys open seven days? No, we're here? open five days. Five Everything days, right. we do is five days. Which so, is amazing yeah. for your staff. Yeah, and for that's yourself. the reason we did it is that like I want the consistency of the same people side by side fighting the fight every night. Like, and that's that's for me that's Have what you works. never just looked at um like a sales report though? Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, maybe yeah. We should just yeah, do the six. benefit to being the sole owner of everything we have is that I don't have to really run it past anybody. Wow. I look at it and I go, yeah, okay, cool. Well, we're still open five days. That's amazing. So you're 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's all you. Yeah. Um, now, 
Is that just what? Why is that? I'm curious because um, I'm, I'm the ex- almost the exact opposite. I had an, a really really bad business partnership in my early career. Like my very first sort of foray into being the chef, I was a partner of a restaurant, and after about three or four years, I found out that they had been siphoning money out of the business the entire time, and Ooh. so um, the business was up in like danger of closing, and I was owed like close to a million dollars in back. Oh like gosh. distributions that weren't there anymore. They had literally sent them out of the country. So right. um, ever since then, I've been uber paranoid of being in a business partnership. It just scares me. Um, even though I have a really, really great um, operating partner as part of our company now, but um, on the books still, I technically own 100%. Like he just gets like he gets all the benefits of a partner, except I technically am the only one who signs my name on the line. Right. It just makes me sleep a little bit better at night. Yeah, you reason. flipped it. Well, and, then, yeah. and I like to know then that even how many years has Gun Show been open now? This uh, is, We're f- six. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, which is what, 33 in human years? Yeah, is yeah, that, exactly. There are days that I'm like, wait, is this, we haven't been open for 40 years? This isn't a legacy <laughs> restaurant? Like, why am I so tired? Right. Like, <laughs> well, that's weird because it's like, sometimes it's probably 40 years and sometimes it's probably like four months. Right. right. Well, uh, one of our other restaurants, Revival, has been open three years and I was working the line last night. And I made the comment that I swear there are some days that it feels like we just opened because there are some days that I'm like, why do we not have this system nailed down quite right, right. just yet? It's three years. Like, why are we still deciding how we want to do this one thing? Right. How do you determine where to spend your time now that you have multiple projects? So it's generally speaking, it's days, particular days of the week. I like to be in the restaurant on its first day that it's open of the week, just because those are the days that seem like they're the most likely to have some sort of an issue. So uh, Gun Show is open um, Tuesday through Saturday. Revival is open um, Wednesday through Sunday. So Tuesday Gun Show, Wednesday Revival. And then... Thursday and Friday are a mixed match. I end up really using, I mean, just putting tons of miles on my car, driving between the two, then to our commissary that feeds Game Changer, our new restaurant in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and then we have another restaurant in construction right now. So then back to that place for the all the construction meetings because it's it's at that point where you have to kind of, it seems like every day there's something we have to sort of look at or talk about or something like that. So. Right. And then these rest these, these are all around town, obviously. Yeah, they they're are. All, but it ends s- up, you know, they're all, none of them are more than a few miles from each other. But you kind of commented on this, like a couple miles in Atlanta doesn't necessarily mean like quick. Like sometimes it's 40 minutes and yeah. it's two and a half miles down the road. As, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of, I, I mean, homeless is the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I travel so much now. It's like I find my, you know, I live in Southern California. Right. And like it, it's, it's real. Like you've, been, you, you've spent plenty yeah, of yeah. time out in Southern California. And it's just like it, it's real, but it's a different type of traffic yeah. than like Atlanta traffic, right. which is like, oh, my God, I should never be in the left lane. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Little like, things like that. Like be careful. Like it's, it's like my parents, one of the biggest driving factors for them not coming to dinner all the time at my restaurants is traffic. Right. Like, it's, like my dad is super frugal, so a free meal is something that he would totally be on board with. <laughs> nice, nice. But the idea of having to be like, wait, which lane am I supposed to be in is enough to dissuade him. Which, so. um, by the way, like, I, and again, I'm driving a lawnmower with a, with a <laughs> hockey helmet. Uh, I just, coming down here, I think off Memorial, one of these streets, and I used to live, you know, close by here. Right. Uh, I forgot those, the streets with like the, oh no. Oh yeah, the, the this suicide is head- lane. As yeah. we call them, yeah. Well, I never even heard them called that, but today I almost got a, a, a crash. It's uh, literally less in it. So, it is. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to get in this. Oh no! Right, it's the morning. Right, my path from here 
to revival, theoretically, the easiest or fastest, at least, path is to go down one of those roads that has the changing lane. And for years, I assumed that the middle lane that was you know, green sometimes and red another time, that there'd be this gap in time when it was red both ways to make sure that people cleared out. But that's not true at all. <laughs> I've, I have since, because I take it all the time now, been on it when it goes from red to green, and it's almost always means a head-on collision. People will just both jump in the lane at the same time and run into each other. That's, it's it's, it's terrifying. It is. It's yeah. absolutely insane. If, <laughs> there are going to be people that are listening to this that have no idea what we're no, talking but, about. Well, just heads up when you're driving in Atlanta. Yeah, and li- yeah, just do yourself a favor and pray to whatever gods you believe in that, that Atlanta change that as soon as possible because they're horrifying. <laughs> this is true. And, and, and if, you, if you don't, just stay in the right lane. Yeah, exactly. Just stay right. Stay it, right it, all the time. It, it never seems like a good idea, right. but like just stay in the right lane. Right. It's just, um, you feel like you're greedy. You're like... You're like, I want to get in this left lane. Nobody's in the left lane. I'm going to gun it. And then the second you do that, you're like, oh, that was a, that that was was a horrible idea. Yeah. There's yeah. five cars in front of me <laughs> yeah, turning exactly. left on pumps right and now. And the left lane seems to be somewhat smaller than the right one. So so if you're in anything, maybe in your rental, you'd be fine. But I have a big <laughs> – I live in the south, so I have a big, giant pickup truck. No, wait, wait. Um, you have a big, giant pickup truck? I totally truck? have a big, giant pickup truck. I mean, truck. I'm saying that sarcastically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you exactly get in it and I you're picture. like, I'm in three lanes at the same time. Right. Like, my mirrors are hanging over onto the sidewalk. Do you get a chance to get it off-road? a little bit. I, now, you I, know what? So I'm actually a car guy. So I really like performance cars and that's what I would normally drive. The okay. problem is that we, again, the weird anomaly of Atlanta, um, our, the process of dealing with the increase of people in Atlanta has been to make lanes smaller and parking spaces smaller. Right. And so that means that any parking lot you're in, you'll get your car hit. And mm. so I had a really nice car. And what I were, parked were you, it. What were you driving? At an Audi R8. Okay, yeah. And I parked it back here, and I got it hit. And ever since then, it doesn't leave. I mean, I'll drive it from home, but my na- I went and bought a work car, and I bought a big pickup truck that you could hit it with a, you know, with a sledgehammer, and yeah. nothing will happen. And, so and that's what, my work vehicle. I forget what uh, what commercial it is, but it's where it sort of becomes just a right of like it's an honor. Like here's yeah, another yeah. ding on it. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. That's it. Is that? And I let my employees use it if they need to, because as you well know, like in this business, like I don't actually have any children, but I have two hundred and you something employees yeah. now, and so that's like two hundred people who always need you to help them move a sofa. And so, like, <laughs> I instead of like actually doing the work, I just bought the pickup truck, and I'm like, you can come take it, like right. you know, and whatever. Especially you need with to do. the with the days off system, yeah, yeah. I feel like exactly. you have a built-in always. sort of like. Um, you know, and a lot of people listen. I was there too, where you like you're changing apartments every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so it's like, oh, it's spring. Uh, right. My sous chef is moving again. Right, exactly. And we need a dishwasher, a prep cook, and a, and a sous chef on a, on right. a day off. Right. Yeah. To exactly. Help yeah. I know. I'm like, it's it feels a little weird. I joked with with some guys the other day that I was like, there's something odd about the idea of my employees coming over to my house to help do domestic work. It yeah. feels a bit like old school plantation sure, style. Sure. Sure. Like, sure. Like I'm just gonna sit in the yard with a seersucker suit on and watch you guys do like yard <laughs> right, work. Right. But, right. Um, it's just, I don't know, there's a camaraderie in this business that my wife is an attorney and we joke about this constantly and she's like, I don't have that, we don't have that kind of rapport and working relationship in right. my field. Like, we are all friendly to one another and very professional, but I couldn't tell you at all what my co-worker's house looks like, you know, what their spouse's name is, what they do in their free time, like, no idea. Your wife is saying Yeah, my yeah, wife, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and this, like, the people you work with are 
they are family level close because of the hours you log with one another and I could tell you everything about them like, yeah. and we just it's a I like that it's a very open book kind of life 100% it, it does become I mean again you're doing it right and you're a good leader and you're a great business person and a family guy um, but that's where like there's that's where you can get into trouble too sure. if you have you know, if you don't have a, a strong leadership right. team at the top, right? right? And and it, it's you know, my mentor was a was a guy named Michael Tui, who you know, yeah. Um, and Michael was really he advocated for something that I've always followed, even though it, some days it kind of sucks. Is that you know he's like it's really lonely at the top, and so even though I'm very friendly with these people, I know their families, I'm connected with them. You'll also never see me go out after work like for a drink, um, and it's because in his mind. There will come a day when you have to lay the hammer down, when you have to be the disciplinarian, and you can't also be their drinking buddy and that at the same time. And so it's a weird mix of like stoic professionalism and also like being super close to people. It's a very, it feels very military like where you're like, we do have this brotherhood, but when it's time for the orders to come, you understand like that when I give them, that means you follow them. They're not really up for debate. Yeah, and 100%. I mean, we all sort of grew up in this sort of way that a restaurant works. Um, and I totally agree with you. you. Like going back to the the it's lonely at the top sort of thing. Yeah. It's like I often feel like when I came in, I hugged you. Right. It's like I feel like you know, like friends are rare. I and mean, we're not close. Right. But it's like you kind of it's like oh, another person who might be lonely at the top. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like and that's it is that there's this thing in our business with your peers, I guess, if you want to use that word, where it's like. It, I guess it's a mutual admiration and respect for people who you know are in the same sort of situation that you are, where you have my closest friends are my employees, even though we're not, we're not like friends. We yeah. No, that's what work, I feel like. You know? It's like, yeah. um, and a lot of times my kids will be like, like, oh, your, your friend is like, he's, he's the chef de cuisine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're like, like we are friendly with one another 100%. and I like him and I think he likes me and, and there's certainly a loyalty and professional relationship. But even if I wanted to, I don't go hang out on my days off. You can't. Like, yeah. like it's you just, add, it. you're right. Like yeah. the, the, you have to just sort of draw that yeah. line. Yeah. It helps that I don't drink and stuff like that anyway. Right. And um, I don't, I don't really either. So it's like, that's another real good reason to be like, you know, I don't really go out to bars. So, um, you know, like you guys enjoy yourself, but our good friends for 120 years, S Pellegrino sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste. Thanks to its Italian heritage and a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with the red stars become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance, S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the taste of nearly all cuisines. It's why we're serving it this Thanksgiving day on our table because uh, that's a special experience. You know, the one with family and friends and a day that matters the most, a crowded dinner table, Thanksgiving, shared moments, times to reconnect, tell stories, be thankful, laugh, and have fun. And as we head into the new year, plan for an unforgettable meal and a most memorable moment with S. Pellegrino on the table, you'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed to unlock more tasteful moments and culinary tips. Visit www.sanpellegrino.com slash US. You had mentioned uh, admiration real quick. You said the word admiration. I have to say that like, there's a lot of things that I admire about you. Um, but one, one is the incredible beard. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, is this a natural, that's this, your yeah, natural color? Is, yeah, too? my beard is like, I, I, I guess I was blessed with really, really good beard genetics. Seemingly, um, yes. Like, so years ago, you'll remember that TV show, uh, what was it called? Duck Dynasty? The one yes, with the, okay. Du- right, came yes, out. I thought you were making a Top Chef joke for no. a second there. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> God. Remember yeah. this thing? Yeah, 
that's one of those things where I'm like, I try not to go into my PTSD with, with talking about Top Chef too much. But um, so that show Duck Dynasty came out. And uh, I used to joke with people until they realized I was being truthful that, like, that's what my family looks like. They all have, like, enormous beards. Like, it's <laughs> right? just this thing that we – that I guess I inherited. Like, if I shaved my beard off tomorrow, in in less than 10 days, it would look like it does right now. Like, it's just a machine. Right. Like, I Is have that to, true? Growing I trim it every too. morning. Okay. Every single wow. morning I trim it because otherwise it will just be this giant, you know, Grizzly Adams style beard. So. Now, do you ever feel like, because, and again, this is, um, you were sort of like on the fashion cusp here. You were one of the first, like for right. me at least, yeah. one of the first dudes with like yeah. full sleeves yeah. and a dope beard. Yeah. Do you kind of feel now like it's almost a trope? It's funny, man. Um, I got accused the other day of being a hipster because <laughs> uh, I have a big beard and tattoos and I tend to wear like you know a black t-shirt and like probably clothes that are like a little too small for me right um and people are like you're a hipster and i'm like no i i've no not at all like i've just right i don't know why i like my clothes don't fit because i was poor for a long time so when i got fat from being a chef like they all just became tight and that was now like my go-to fit like i was just like that's how a t-shirt fits um and i've just always had a beard because if I had to shave, my dad literally shaved twice a day as a kid. Like when he ha- when he <laughs> worked somewhere, right, right, when he worked right. somewhere that had that he had to be clean shaven. He would shave in the morning before he went to work, and he would shave on his lunch break because he would get in trouble for having a five o'clock shadow before he left. Did he play work. for the Yankees? Like where, <laughs> where, what, 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 what team did he play for? That he it was, would get it was ridiculous. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I grew a beard because I'm I don't want to shave every day, and and it's just like I joke that I'm like I'm the least hipstery dude of all time because I. I, I could not care less about like all of that process. I just look the way I look because I'm like this weird blend of like dad's super redneck, mom super artsy fartsy. So out came this right. thing that you see in front of you, which is this weird. Which mishmash. I think also. Uh, again, I no offense, it makes you kind of a hipster. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I because so. a hipster would never say that they were a hipster. Right. right. Yeah, that's a good point. You have to you have to deny that. That's like serial killers never tell you that they're a serial <laughs> killer, right? Like the, Yeah, this is yeah, I, yeah. I guess so. I, I mean think I that's guess the so. way it works. Yeah, I, I feel like I've watched enough true crime documentaries now that that's how that works. Or they you've just, had enough chefs next to you quoting uh, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um oh, you also we worked together for like a brief little spell like yeah. in a restaurant in a big restaurant in Atlanta. Oh, Oh my gosh. Uh, that is, is it still jamming? Or? It, well, so, you know, does it do the numbers that it did when we worked there? No. Right. Okay. But I think it still does, like, pretty incredibly large amounts of people. Which I might be one of those people embellishing a bit, but I feel like it was, like, a thousand covers. It was. Right? Like, I remember, okay, well, I, you right. know, I, I, so I know this because I've since asked to see the numbers from back when I worked there because we're building a new restaurant that's the biggest thing I've ever built. And I don't think it'll do those kind of numbers. But we needed something from a reference point of how much staff it required. And I was going off of memory alone. And I was looking back over the first year. And it absolutely would do – it did 1,200 covers on Mother's Day for brunch. Yeah, it was insane. And you're like, wow, that – I didn't make that up. That was true that we did those kind of numbers. And it, they were painful, painful, 1,200, 1200 very difficult covers. I remember, like, you know, expediting, like, <sighs> parts of a Saturday night. Right. It was even yeah. the type of restaurant where you really couldn't go more than two or three hours no. expediting. Because like, no. I would lose, and I would, the next day I would have no voice. Right. Yeah. It's kind I of lost like, six pounds. And this right. is just from expediting. Right. And it's like, it's, you know, it's like I'm a, a big sports fan, so I relate it all to sports terms. It's like you can't. 
no hockey player plays the whole game. Like, they track minutes for a reason because yeah, every yeah. minute on the ice is like a very real thing. And that's what it was like expediting there is that, like, you weren't, you didn't start expediting at four when it opened and you went till 1 a.m. Like, you would die. Yeah. Like, you, you did your best to, like, jump in and fill in while the other guys, like, rehydrating and trying to, like, pull it back together. This is true. Yeah. There were, like, necessary hydration yeah. uh, breaks. I'll even continue <laughs> with the, the, the sports uh, analogy. You know how, like, some football teams, when they have, like, a big road game, will, like, practice without, with, like, speakers on yeah, the field? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I felt like it was. Is like, even expediting, you couldn't even really talk to someone no, who was, like, no, on the grill or whatever no, it was, if I remember. So it was, like, hand signals. Well, yeah. And, and you'll remember that it was, like, it's the only restaurant I've ever worked at where you would tell cooks to just start cooking whatever things they made and not stop. Like, yeah. like I haven't called you an order, just, but will you please keep roasting scallops? Like, I promise you will need them. Like, this is true. It's a, it's a strategy that I, I mean, I don't have to employ because we're that busy usually, but I actually learned that from, I, my roots are pretty humble too. I worked at this little restaurant called McDonald's. It was my first job. Oh, yeah, I've heard and of it. Mc, yeah, they have them around here? I th- well, I don't know. They might, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a regional um, thing. <laughs> and, and uh, I would I was the poissonier at McDonald's, the fish cook there, and like it was they called it there. It was called Go Fish. Like if like if we're so busy, right? Which I don't know why like they would be busy with fillet of fish, but right? Like that but was like the maybe station that was I was the on. jam, right? It was just like you would just keep making them, right? <laughs> just keep making cheeseburgers. We'll tell you to stop, right? And that's what we had to do. Yeah. I still can't look at like a one pound piece of pork shoulder, yeah, without right. getting a little piece, yeah, without being like, like oh, oh no, oh my god, yeah. No, yeah. What, I what? feel the same way about fried calamari. Like I remember. I remember taking in like the um, uh, who was it that we used? It was uh, Foley's, right? Um, and I remember being there because I was the lowest man on the totem pole, so that meant that I was there for the five a.m. like load in almost every single day. Wow! And I'd be there when the Foley's truck would drop off eight hundred pounds of calamari, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I would always wonder. When we're selling this much, why didn't we have Foley's cut the calamari? Instead, we're back there slicing up like tubes and tentacles for the next 100%. hundred years. Foley's. Like, I have not seen Foley's probably since, but those golden boxes. Do they still right, do the golden yeah, boxes? Exactly. But, you know, it's like we haven't used them since then, but I, I, I always wondered, like, why do we use them? And it's like, well, if you're going to use Massachusetts or Rhode Island squid and you're selling that much, they'll send a truck down for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, they'll, they'll probably this send This wasn't a, air freight. They'll, this they'll was, send an employee. Yeah, like it was an employee <laughs> in a Foley's truck who had driven down from Boston because right. that's how much we were selling in scallops and uh, and squid. Like it was just those two items on that on that truck. I love how you just brand- so so you are. I, I'm sort of the guy too. Like hey, if someone can do the work for us off premise and it's yeah. the same work, right, right, we should do it absolutely. Right? Like I I'm a big proponent of the fact that. We spend a tremendous amount in labor here because we want to pay people really, really well, and we we go out and we search for the best guys we can deal with. And in my mind, their time would be best used doing the things of, like that have a certain level of complexity. Like I don't need them to do some of this other stuff. Sure. It seems kind of not the right – it doesn't scale for their pay grade perhaps is the way to say it. And it's not that they're above it because if I said slice up squid, they would do it. It's just one of those that I wonder if they wouldn't be better off thinking about the next sort of little piece to the dish that's going to make it go from good to great rather than you know just menial sort of prep do you think there are certain chefs colleagues of ours that get stuck in that sort of like everything everything has to be done in house I was there for years like for years I felt like everything that if we didn't touch it ourselves then there was no way for it to be 
consistent. And honestly, what drove me out of that was necessity, was was realizing, like, I think, I don't remember what the very first product that we got in that was sort of pre-done. Oh, I remember. It was a burger. Okay. Um, and in my mind, if we didn't grind the meat ourselves and weigh it and mix it, we weren't going to be sure that it was right. And then... We were selling too many of them. Right. And so Joey, the guy who's the executive chef here, was like, man, can I try to see if Buckhead can send me, like, some meat that's already ground? Right, like our and specs. Yeah, our and, specs. And, like, here's how we're doing it. And I, I, you know, acquiesced to it, though just barely. And it came in, and in truth, it was better. Right. Like, it was more – it was it was mixed better. It was more consistent. Right. Like, it tasted better, frankly. Um, and – and then we went one step further, and they're like, you know, we can scale the little balls out for you, too. Like, you don't have to. Like, because then we got in this big, giant thing of meat and then spent time scooping sure, little sure. balls, weighing yeah. them. And then they went, you know, for the same amount of money, like, we can also yeah. weigh them. Yeah, and it's and also like, like, you know, we kind of got a machine. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. That, that. So then all of a sudden we did that, and you're like, oh, wait, they're all identical and better. So what I used to have an 18-year-old, like, intern do now I can actually like spend time with this intern and be like, hey, let me walk you through this thing that they're not going to teach you in culinary school. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I'm, I'm consulting right now on a project in a seafood concept that's going to launch in St. Louis. And you know, I'm, I'm talking to the chefs and, and you know, we're going through the whole, like, we're going to get all of our fish whole, right? You know, right. like everyone, like right. young, right. young chefs, like, we're going to do it. And I'm like, you kind of have no idea <laughs> what that is going to be like, right? right? And yep. what you're going to create. And like, uh, you know that they can not only like if you're worried about like freshness with right. seafood, like someone will cut the fish for you and send the bones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Send you the can carcass. get the carcass to stare at it if you prefer. Right. It, like, and you, you really know. don't trust but, them, and right. you need to see the gills. I know. For years, like you know, I you've read the same books that I have, and it says you know like oh this is the only way you can know it's fresh. Like, but I'm sorry, after you've done this for a few minutes, I can tell you whether those fillets are fresh. Like, I don't need to see the thing it came off. Hundred like, percent. Right. I was having this conversation at a sushi restaurant the other night. I was sitting at the bar having the omakase. And I was talking to the chef, and uh, it was a fish I had never had before. And he was like, it's terrible for food cost. And I was like, "How? Like, what do you mean? And so he went back to the back and brought one out and filleted it in front of me. And he had 35 ounces of waste and right. six ounces of fillet. Yeah. And it just made me – all of a sudden, all I could think about was all those years where we felt like we had to get the whole grouper in – Mm-hmm. And we would all laugh about how heavy the head and bones were after we had this uh-huh. little tiny fillet. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and that's fine in this little tiny esoteric restaurant that we call Gun Show. But if you need to make more than like six of something a night, like that's not a really smart way to do anything. That's, so. that's true. All right. and, then, and then the novice thing is always to be like, well, there's, we can make stock. Right. We I can mean, make I fish I personally don't me. even really like fish stock. Like, I, I it's don't one either. of the weird. Okay. Right. Good. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like I, one like, of those things I'm like, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, anytime yeah. someone suggests that we can make fume or like we can take <laughs> the shrimp shells and make a broth and I'm always like, do you like the way it tastes? Like, I'm just curious. If you do, I'm open to hearing it, but... Yeah, you guys like why? So we can throw it away later? Like why are we gonna make? We're gonna make a you know forty gallons of fish fumé to be used in what? Because I don't recall us having a bouillabaisse or anything like that on the menu. So right. I don't know. We're not gonna exactly do that sure. poached scallop dish. Yeah, exactly. Like, somewhere yeah, down the road. Yeah, so. right. Exactly. And we're gonna start building this arsenal of frozen fish stock. In yeah, the, in, in yeah. The, the in Kevin the Gillespie move is when I'll come in here and not have anything in particular I have to do today. Right. So I'll just open up that we only have this tiny little chest freezer. We don't really have frozen food, but we have this one little like like you'd have at your house and I'll open it up. And it's just like shrimp shells and stuff like that in there. Me with me going, look guys, I appreciate your commitment to not wasting things, but you and I both know we're never using these. Like right. so just get rid of the bug shells and we'll uh and then right. you know what we can just keep 
nutty buddies in here for us to eat later. Like, and that'll be all that's in this, <laughs> there in you this go. freezer. Or the, well, the worst, and not in more of maybe a corporate environment, when then those things start getting counted. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, on the, fi- on the financial end, and you're right. like, wait a second. There's, you know, hundreds of dollars of shrimp shells that right. are like now all of a sudden that's inventory. And it's right. like, um, I haven't done inventory in years, just to be clear. But right. um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a way also to sort of like, uh, you know, oh, there's some stock there. That right. We're, and that that's it. Is it like, it, you know what, we do an inventory, but I don't like you're not fooling me by trying to pad your food cost by counting the shrimp shells in the freezer as like, but chef, this is the product we were going to use. It's going to go into circulation any day now. Right. Like, it's like a credit card. Sure chef. it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to end up using this at, yeah, at some point. Totally. This is Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. The advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking, minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a Consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. Live from your grave. Hi, this is Henry Zabrowski from Last Podcast on the Left, and I want to tell you about the last book on the left, a book written by the boys of the Last Podcast on the Left and illustrated by incredible artist Tom Neely of Henry and Glenn Forever and Ever. It is an evil mad magazine look into the lives of nine of the most notorious serial killers of all time. They're right in there. No detail is left undiscovered. Go and take a look. Let it creep your mind. Available where all books are sold. And books are sold in many places. Live from your grave. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. How is this neighborhood? Again, I lived here a number of years ago. It's really like now. It's, it's like you said. Different. It's it's this is a neighbor like right. it was you were one of I was, one of the first kids in the block like it was me yeah right. it was like I was the stalwart like sort of holdout over here and I got a lot more credit by the way than I deserve for like being forward thinking and a pioneer in this neighborhood like I took this space because it was all I could afford right like, yeah that's the reason I opened here like I just had the benefit of the fact that people would travel to me for dinner so I could be in a weird neighborhood and make it work but when I took gun show um, there was this sort of neighborhood that is surrounding us and it was some homes, but it was kind of this thing that was built very speculatively, and it hadn't really worked because there. this used to be where there was concrete manufacturing and, right. and rail stuff. And then, frankly, the very worst of the nation's Section 8 housing was right next door to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was kind of a dodgy neighborhood. And when we first opened, all of my clientele who was coming to me from having dined with me formerly like in Buckhead – were scared to come out here like they right. you know they were like terrified that someone was going to steal their mercedes um and uh and for a little while we had to be like yeah that, you know that's kind of that yeah. could happen i suppose you need a work car right but then <laughs> right exactly like there's this thing called uber take it um but in the five six years that we've been here it's changed completely and now everyone's like wow i can't you were so smart to build right on the belt line i didn't even realize that this in front of us is the belt line um i didn't know that that this is the next like section of the yeah when you came when when you built it now the belt line is 
again, I left when the Beltline was kind of new, right? right and right. I was one of the only people jogging on it. Right. Like, yeah. That's how long ago I lived here. Now I just sat at a traffic light. With literally, like, it was like salmon swimming across yeah, yeah, this exactly, river coming exactly. down the Beltline over there off yeah. of Monroe. And our else. newest restaurant, um, the one that's in construction, is on the Beltline. Like, we have, it's, the Beltline is our front door to it. Right. And so, but for that same reason. But, yeah, like, when I, when I built this, you know, uh, I chose this space because it was, like, two grand a month in rent. Like, yeah. not because it was, like, super clever. <laughs> but, but I mean, take credit though, dude. Yeah, I mean, take hey, credit. I guess I like should said, take it. Yeah, I was like, you know, I mean, I'm. We were ballsy enough to do it. I'll give myself credit for that. But um, I didn't know that we were going to end up with this brand new section of town around us. Like I had right. no idea. It's kind of like uh, this is the type of neighborhood. Just to paint a picture for people who might not be familiar with Atlanta, like it's kind of so like a gentrified built yeah. neighborhood right. that right. was like you said was in a. Do- I love the word dodgy by the way. Right. Such a British word. <laughs> um, it's a type of neighborhood that if if Walking Dead was real, which right. I think you always have to have the Walking Dead reference right. when, you're, when you're in Atlanta. This would be like where the governor might live. Right. So, and you might be the governor of that town. Example: right. This neighborhood, actually, most more people have seen this neighborhood than they realize, and Ooh. the reason is that this neighborhood, Glenwood Park, yeah. is one of the most popular locations in Atlanta to film when you're trying to film any movie, any TV show to film. Quote your neighborhood like right. you know like if it's supposed to be like here's where people live it's this <laughs> exactly. neighborhood we're right. constantly like there are constantly movie trucks and stuff being filmed here and i can rattle off a ton of movies that have been filmed in this little teeny tiny pocket of a neighborhood because it's nice but it it's sort of somewhat to be honest somewhat generically nice and it doesn't look like the rich neighborhood. It doesn't look like the poor neighborhood. It doesn't look like. It just kind of looks like it's, a neighborhood. It's, you know what it is? It's a perfect like rom com setting. Yes, exactly. And I've seen all these young people walking across the street with their artisan coffees, all right. hipsters like yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and perfect. Beards, um, walking around. How do you feel about being someone now then who's also like, oh, live here in this loft that's right next door, and right. Chef Kevin Gillespie's got this restaurant across the street. Yeah, it's and interesting. Like, like to find out that you're part of the sales pitch um, is real weird. To like, you know. I, I was uh, I was getting a coffee, a hipster coffee one day, right. and uh, I was walking past these people walking, folks around the neighborhood and being like, like, and you know the benefit of living right here is it just below you is Chef Kevin Gillespie's restaurant. Right. They're like, oh and, my god, and, and is he they right? They're like, right. is he ever here? And they're like, you know, you'll see him sometimes, but he's not here all the time. <laughs> and I'm just like standing there, like drinking a coffee as they're walking past me. It was super awkward. But, you should have just yeah. jumped in right there. Yeah, by the way, I, I thought about it, and then I was like, no, it's even better that they're sort of implying you'll know him when you see him as right. they walk right past <laughs> right, me. Right, yeah. right. So that is kind of fun being like. I call it almost famous. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, I call myself like a class D or below celebrity. It's like it fluctuates. It's sort of like the market. I say Z, some days I just it's go like, right to the bottom. Okay, yeah. Some um, days I'm like, it's, but it is it's, somewhere between. It just D and varies. C. Like on any given day, you know, like if a if a new episode of something comes out, maybe I climb a little bit, but then I go right back down. Like it's yeah. not it's not real celebrity. It's now you've been out of infamy. that sort of like the Top Chef game for a little bit. Yeah. Is does it? Have you ever been bothered by a lack of people? recognizing you or no because like it, no and for better or worse i think it's because i'm v- very recognizable like physically sure, sure. so i haven't had to try hard for folks to recognize me it's still like you know i filmed top chef in 2009 right and so right. we're pushing 10 years 
And every single day of my life, still, I get recognized by someone who comes up to talk to me. Like, yeah. So it's pretty crazy. And it's not just in my hometown. Um, you know, it's all over the place. And I think it's just because physically I'm pretty easy to spot on the street. Um, if you do have to hide, what is, is it a, is a baseball cap? or, a, or, or No, because like, that's kind of my go-to look ah. half the time. Uh, you know, honestly, the easiest way for me to hide is to dress not like a bum. Like, huh. like if I put on a collared shirt, like, it, and dress in business attire, which I actually have to wear a lot more often than you would think nowadays because of kind of what I now my job is a little different. Um, no one will recognize. So you me. just got go straight Ole Miss alumni. Like, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like if I tuck my shirt in and roll my sleeves down like they were intended to be worn, no one will recognize me. That's it. That's crazy. How does it feel? And this is again coming from someone who lived in Atlanta for a number of years. Like you had mentioned, Gunther Seeger yeah. coming in. Like I remember when I was sort of uh, you know coming up in Atlanta, and I owe Atlanta so much to like any sort of success that I've registered uh, in the people of Atlanta. Um, when it was Gunnar Seeger, Soto, yep. uh, uh, Menard, yep. and, Joel and, and Joel, right? Yep. Uh, now you're one of those like three chefs. It's weird. Um, you know, like it, when I hear, when we get a new person who wants to come work for us um, and they come out of the blue, you know, they, they reach out to us from some city across the country and they want to come work here. And I always... I'm always kind of like, why in the world do they want to come over here and work? And then when I, and then I'll sit in on their interview, right? And they freak out, and then I realize, oh, like, you, wait, you, so you're coming because you think coming to work for me is like this big deal? Like, it's a very weird, somewhat surreal experience because I certainly don't see myself that way, like, um, at all. So I, I, I'm. It's nice, I guess, to, to know that simultaneously. I, of course, turn it into this massive responsibility where sure. then I worry about giving you the education, work education that you think you're going to get. You know, that when you if you move across the country to work for us, like I want to make sure that it's worth it, that you feel like it was something that that later in life you can credit at least some maybe if it's just one thing you learned to your time here. And then I want to uh, be the guy that also might be able to lend you my flatbed. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you need a That's pickup truck, um, you know, the, the pickup truck might come out of commission soon since one of the employees wrecked it recently. So, Ooh, uh, so yeah, they ran, yeah, they ran it into a post and I'm like, you see, know. now your attorney wife has probably. She's not probably, super jazzed about was, it now. I was going to say. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, you know what time uh, of the week it is. It's week 13 in the NFL. And here come my picks for the betonline.ag podcast one hosts challenge. Uh, you can sign up right now. You can get 50% uh, sign-up bonuses. Uh, lots of big games happening on Thanksgiving Day. I'm going to pick the Thanksgiving Day games just because they're right out in front of me. Buffalo at Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas. They need to rebound. Jerry Jones is all upset at those Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> New Orleans is at Atlanta on Thanksgiving Day at nighttime, the 820 game. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Atlanta Falcons in a big upset win at home. Oakland is at Kansas City. I'm taking Kansas City. Uh, San Francisco at Baltimore. That's a big game. But if you have not seen the Baltimore Ravens this year, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is just going crazy. He's going to win the Heisman again. <laughs> yeah, he's going to win the Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> most likely. And New England at Houston. And it's hard to bet against uh, Julian Edelman, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady. I'm going to take New England. Those are my bets, guys. Uh, you know what you can do. You can visit betonline.ag. And don't forget the promo code PODCAST1 for 50% up your sign-up bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Um, <laughs> what's, what's the growth uh, strategy look like? So there are more restaurants on yeah, the way. Yeah, so there's more on the way. So we have... Um 
you know, Gun Show will always be a one. Like, it, we get requests to build another one all the time, but I, I don't have any desire to grow Gun Show outside of this singular one concept. To me, it's an anomaly, it's a unicorn, and it should just stay where it is. Um, our restaurant revival is much more casual, um, and so we do intend to build another one of those sometime okay. in the very near future. Um, just literally on the other side of town. Um, all right. Because one, the current one's indicator. We're going to build one on the west side of town. As we've sort of alluded to before, if you live on one side of Atlanta, you don't go to the other. It's too hard to get across town a lot of the time. So right. we're going to build a second it's, one. It's, it's, um, it's very much an uptown, downtown Yeah, city, very much so. It's, right? it's kind of isolated and pocketed. So we're going to build another one of those. Um, we have a restaurant in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium called Game Changer. That How's that is, going? I've, I've been approached a number of times, and I've never like done like, it. We'll do... Not exaggerating, right. like seven or eight thousand people every day were open. That's insane. Well, insane. also you have uh, the 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 surprising benefit of now like soccer, right? Being soccer a thing. is our best thing we do. I was saying like I just looked at some numbers, and I, again I'm a I'm a big European soccer fan. I was like, are they? Put, I looked at like some. Are you putting seventy thousand people? Seventy eight thousand. Seventy eight thousand to watch. We had soccer. one that had eighty two thousand. Right. They had to in. They had to put out the like. Oh. We have some extra seats somewhere. Go find them seats to accommodate the extra people. Now, is the is the the, the fan base as uh, uh, fevered as like a Falcons fan base? It's completely or? different. Honestly, okay. I think the Atlanta United fan base feels like European soccer. One of my cousins went to university in Manchester, and so I would go visit her and and go to games. And it was insane. I couldn't believe it. It was for me growing up in the South. It was the closest thing to college football, where people yes. are like. It, like you are born and raised a fan of something and it's like part of your blood even more even a little bit more dangerous yeah like, like scarier, i've been to some of frankly. those uh, derbies in london where you're like yeah. oh i you know it's like being in like some gang territory right. so I, I should not have the right color on exactly right like i didn't realize when i went to visit her like she and all of her flatmates were Manchester City fans. Right. And this is a long time ago. When, when they when, sucked. Yeah, when Man U was, like, <laughs> legit, like, just crushing everybody. Right. And showing up in a Man City, like, light blue shirt was, like, I I very much thought we were going to die that night. Yeah, especially um, you with the with the ink and yeah, the yeah. beard. Yeah. You're, like, like, ready to rumble. Well, I look like a soccer thug, right. like, at all times, whether I want to or not. So, um but yeah, so the the Atlanta United's energy very much reminds me of that. I mean, it's it's chance. It's uh, it's unless it, there's no way to explain it other than to say, tell people to go, like go see it. And honestly, you don't need to know anything about the game. Like it, you you could be like, well, I don't know, I don't know anything about soccer. Right. Go for the atmosphere and the energy, and you'll become a soccer fan. Like, well, it's that's also all one it of those takes. things. Soccer is one of those like if like I, I know nothing about sports. Right. Okay, well, listen, there's a ball, and they try and kick it into that thing. Right. It's not super complicated. And the clock just goes. <laughs> Right, exactly. right. It's not like why does the game stop every fifteen seconds? Right. What is yeah. that guy? It's doing? not American football, which I can understand if you didn't grow up with. You'll be like, I genuinely have no idea what's happening right now. Absolutely. So, I mean, now is that a licensing deal? Do you? Uh, no, we it? actually own our space. That's We're one insane. of the few. Like, we own our space inside the stadium. It's all my employees. We do it all ourselves. Wow. So, um, and they didn't force you to sort of like no, we forced them to mm. to allow us to do it all ourselves. So, but the reason for that to in your growth conversation is that we. Designed Game Changer as a brick and mortar modern sports bar, and then right. we shoehorned it into the stadium. So the intent has always been to grow that as an actual like concept. So are there um, out of state restaurants happening soon, or what is what? Is well, the- so we're. <sighs> the reality is, I am terrified. I have no idea how to operate 
in multiple states at the same time. And I know that the reality is that for for our growth in the future, I got to start making partners. Like I have to start making partners of the people who work for me and quit taking this all as like the Kevin Gillespie show, show you know, right. like all on my shoulders. Uh, and I think I'm there. Honestly, my recent health issue has kind of forced my hand to realize that if I'm the only one making decisions, then we're in serious trouble here. So right. uh, I've had to grow up a little bit and realize that just because you had one bad business deal, you know, forever and a day ago doesn't mean that that's how they'll always work from now on. So, so you're coming to grips with the transition from being chef restaurant to restaurateur. Yeah, exactly. Because doesn't that kind of scare you a little bit? The restaurant, me. like me too. It's like, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, the word seems much more sophisticated than I personally feel. Like, you know, sure. I hear the term restaurateur and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not that smart. Like, right. you know, like <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what. It's not like that. Like I also hear that, and in my mind, think I should have a lot more money than I do. Mm. If, if that's the word, you like, and I both. Yeah, right? I'm like yeah. restaurant tour. Like I need to go check the bank account because, as I recall, I don't have restaurant tour money. I, like, I feel like it's the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. The tour part of that, right? <laughs> yeah. The restaurant part, we know there's no money. It's, yeah, exactly. Anytime you're a tour. Yeah, I just think of people like Steven Starr when that word is thrown out, or Danny Meyer, and I'm like. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not there yet. That's like, true. I hope That's I, maybe true. one day. Well, then it's also though you now knowing at least what like one restaurant does or two or three. Yeah. Then you also know like well, it's it's for those people listening. A lot of people that listen to the podcast are like new in the industry. Mm. There's not a lot of money in this. In- I mean, it's yeah. not like to to to, to profit regularly right, as a right. challenge. Yeah, we do, you know, I, I'm always candid with folks that we do really well with Gunship. Like um but that's because we didn't have any money when we built Gun Show. So I, I, I literally, I used my life savings to build Gun Show, and it wasn't that much money, so we paid it back pretty easily. Mm. So it was an, a restaurant out of debt very, very fast. And then because we were in a part of town that wasn't, didn't have a huge economical demand at the time, we don't have a lot of overhead. So this restaurant manages something that's very rare, which is that it grosses the way that a restaurant in the most exclusive part of town would but it doesn't cost that much outside of labor right. to operate. Now, you're one of the few people that would be doing this, I'm 100% certain, because I've seen you cook and I know your food, uh, that would be doing this without television, media, Top Chef, your Top Chef appearance. Right. How much of like the Top Chef world do you think is responsible for the oh, success? A tremendous amount. Like, and I'll tell people that like every single day. That like, I haven't gone back to do a bunch of additional Top Chef, but right. that's for personal reasons. Right. Um, you know, most people, maybe they know it, maybe they don't know it, but I was married when I went on Top Chef and I came home from filming it to my wife having left me, like emptied the house. Right. Like it was such a traumatic experience that it's frankly made it impossible for me to go back. I can't divorce those two ideas, you know, play on words here. I can't get past the idea of coming home to something really terrible having happened. And it's sort of this weird mental hangup I have with going back to film more Top Chef. But that being said, I credit my time on that show to like having changed the trajectory of my career entirely. Like I would still be doing what I'm doing for a living were it not for Top Chef. But I think I'd still be toiling in anonymity quite a bit more than I than I obviously have because that show gave me a platform to be very vocal about what I believe in and, and the way I like to cook and what I hope food does for people. And it's been amazing. Like I owe a tremendous amount of credit to, to it's, that show. It's amazing hearing you say that because again, one, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I don't think you'd be toiling in anonymity or uh, you would be crushing it and winning well, awards just like you are. Um, but it's, it is responsible. I think we're both of us. It's responsible for a percentage yeah. of the people that walk in the door right. that 
they do. They just want to see the bearded dude from TV. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're going to love it, quite honestly, whatever <laughs> you give them. Some piece. And what's them. interesting is that it seems to me, and this is a funny thing that I, I don't know what happens for other folks, so you'll have to chime in on this, but what they're most interested in finding out is whether or not I'm actually nice in real life. Like, right. that's what I hear all the time. You seem so nice on television, and like as if they were just wanting to substantiate whether that's true or not. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not pretty nice. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, I'm not. 100% of the time nice but I'm, I'm not a jerk like yeah so I, I find I, it funny I mean again I think you're you know again there it's a television show there's there is a character part right. of it yeah sure but I mean the characters are ourselves um, and again I think you were just you were always sort of like the good guy right just, that's just how I am yeah like, and it's life, how you, you know? are yeah. I get a lot of people that like, for me it's more of like the intensity level right like yeah. when people realize that like I actually love jokes right. and, and, I'm, and I actually like to smile <laughs> and they're like dude you were so intense and your head were down I, I think you know I mean we all we are all intense right I think the Voltaggios go through this as well yeah oh absolutely people ask me constantly is Michael Voltaggio a jerk and I'm like no he's not he's a really nice guy right. like, I mean Tom Clicchio gets this a lot yeah oh, is Tom, is Tom a dick yeah like no he's just he like he's really into his stuff you right. know yeah um, so exactly. I think that's always fun it's like you're so pleasant with me it's like yeah well because like I'm competing and right. trying to win a thing yeah, and exactly. there's an arc and there's right. a storyline yeah I just have like a I've always been a super even keel kind of guy so even when it's really like when I'm under a ton of pressure you, it doesn't become very apparent like so that's just that's just how I am that's my sort of my nature like I, I grew up in a military family so I was taught that like that's what leadership looks like is that you can't be an effective leader if you're frazzled by, you know, the incoming shots, essentially. So, right. like, learning to, like, have the demeanor. Like, internally, you can be as freaked out as you want to be. But, like, carrying yourself in a very, like, consistent manner. Like, that's just what I was brought up right. to believe and, and I think, the way it works. And most good, like, kitchen people, I think, yeah. act like that. Right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. what works exactly. for Top Chef because it's, like, it's a team sport right. in general. And now, all of a sudden, we go on a show and it's an individual sport. Right. And it's really hard to break. Honestly, that was the hardest part of the entire right. show. And I tried – you praised it better than I ever have have just then is that I've always struggled to explain to people why it's so difficult and that's it is that it, they would constantly want you to be more cutthroat than I am willing to be because I'm just so used to us all being in it together yeah. that I had oh, a really you need hard me to go time. Help you chop those things, right? Up? Yeah, I was like happy behind? to right. help my other competitors, like, right. and they're like, no, no, that's not how this works, Kevin. So, right, I'm like, right. Oh, but it is okay. how it works, yeah, in, exactly. In, in real life, dude. Thank you so much for hanging out. We got it. First welcome. of all, I want to do a two-parter at some point. Like, sure. I'd, lo- I'd love to do this again because, like, I was you're blowing me away right now. This has been an amazing podcast. Near the end of the podcast, we play a couple games. You down? And just have, oh, let's have do it. Fun. Yes, okay. I love games. So this one is sort of inspired by my kids who at the dinner table, um, you know, where we have our no iPad and TV sort of zone, right. uh, we like to um, play Would You Rather. Right? <laughs> I like it. So this is sort of a Would You Rather. Okay. A couple of random things. Okay. Uh, some not even related to food. Okay. All right. Got would it. you rather, Kevin Gillespie, meet a ghost or an alien? An alien, for sure. Oh, like quick, without yeah, even thinking sure. about it. Like, why? Uh, I'm, oddly enough, the idea of aliens, I'm like, that's cool. And the idea of a ghost, I'm like, oh, I'm super creeped out by that. Like, <laughs> okay, so you're scared of <laughs> yeah. ghosts. Oh, totally. And so, but you are, it seems like you're also admitting that both are real things. Oh, I think they're both absolutely real. <laughs> like, I'm a lunatic. I think they're both real. And the idea of ever coming into contact with a ghost terrifies me. I... I will agree with you there. I think I, I don't actually believe in ghosts, yeah. but I think I don't believe in them because I'm scared of. Well, them, that's it. That is it? Sense. Maybe I don't believe in them both, or I do believe in. Them. I, I don't know exactly what I feel about them, but for some reason, I'm not scared at the idea of alien. Even though I've read all the people who said you don't want to meet an alien because if you do, it means like 
it's going to hit the fan. Right, you've listened to some deep stuff yeah, because that's sure. what it says. It's like we don't like that's right. the, the the most recent thing is like yeah. we don't want to be sending radio frequencies right. out to find aliens because if they have the capability to find the frequency, right. it means that every population that's ever been encountered right. like that has been dominated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well maybe that is bad, but simultaneously for some reason the idea of a ghost just creeps me out way harder. There you go. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, you get to go into one. Would you rather go to the past or the future? Ooh, I would rather go to the past, actually. Yeah, um, that I am makes a, sense to me. I, yeah, I, I am okay. a, like, we, all of my friends will tell you that I am a man who was born, like, 400 years too late. Like, mm. I am a, like, if it was up to me, I would happily live in, like, a cabin with no electricity and no plumbing, and, like, that's just, I'm do just you very break much, down, do you do that once, totally, once in a while? all the time, okay. constantly. Like, I, I spent last Thanksgiving on a mountain in Alaska for 18 yes, days, yes. like, by myself. So, like, yeah. So, it's, I'm just, that's how I am. I've always been that way. So, I would go to the past. In okay. Um, uh, the follow-up is to what era of the past? Or where, where are we going, if you had to choose? I, you know what? It, for me, I, I'm sort of still romantically... I have my head wrapped around this idea of finding new places. So for me, it's during that like era of exploration, like, wow, like, like being one of the, yeah, being, being an explorer seems like what I should have been in my life. So. Right. Yeah. And you're probably strapped. I'm yeah. Yeah. Guess. Oh you're, yeah, for sure. Doing, Cause those, those, those things, like I've been watching a lot of those movies, like, yeah. um, what was the one with uh, DiCaprio where the bear eats him? Uh, uh yeah, what was that called actually? Uh, <laughs> um, yes, but yes, <laughs> it starts with an R. Yes. Yes. Um, the Revenant, the Revenant. There we yeah. go. Um, but that like, it was dangerous times. Right. And, and like, I watched that and I find that very romantic. It doesn't scare me. Like, so that's clearly so you're like what Oregon I, Trail. Like yeah, very much so. Yeah, okay, absolutely. All right. Uh, you, I, actually, I don't know the end. You might be more musically inclined than I know. I am quite. Uh, okay, there you go. Banjo or ukulele? Mm. So I would say banjo. <laughs> and the reason is that most people don't realize that a banjo is actually not just a guitar it's actually considered a percussion instrument mm-hmm. and so i play drums yes. and sing so i think i'd have to go with the banjo breaking down the music uh i love the banjo yeah i don't know if it was the fact that like living in the south for a long time i was a little bit more exposed right. to like bluegrass and stuff like that right. uh, i also like love the ukulele i spent a lot of time in hawaii but the banjo is like it it's if you can play it it's right. also really difficult well, to play. so I'm a total metalhead, so that's the kind of music that I generally like. And there's a band called Mastodon, a rather, I guess you'd say, a pretty famous in the genre metal band. And people always want to know, like, their guitar player is really, really good, but he has a very funny way of playing guitar. And years ago, I found out that it's because he learned to play the banjo. That was the instrument he learned to play as a kid. Ooh. And so he plays a, an electric guitar with sort of the technicality of how you play a banjo, which is much more difficult to play. So that's why his stuff is so weird and hard for other people to play. Amazing. Are there, I, there's got to be also like a bluegrass band that plays a lot of metal covers. Well, you know, the Avett brothers, who are pretty famous, right. like both of the brothers were in a heavy metal band before they started the Avett brothers. Okay. Yeah. So, weird fact. I'm there gonna, you go. I'm going to check him out, and so are our listeners. Okay, uh, burgers or hot dogs? Ooh, I'm a hot dog guy. Nice. I, that makes sense, right? Yeah. And why? Uh, for a couple reasons. I like them both. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like, I'm not turning down either one, but I'm kind of a weird sort of German file kind of guy. Yeah. So, I like sausages and hot dogs and brats and all of that kind of stuff. I find hot dogs, making them, not like as in cooking them, but if you actually want to make your own hot right. dog, super difficult. So, like, the Incredibly challenge of difficult. it. The, people, uh, the, like, old, don't, the old emulsified force. I, I know. People don't understand. They think that's the easiest because it's usually the cheapest in the grocery store, but it's actually really hard to do it. That's a perfect example of something like, why do you do it yourself? Like, there are much better ones we can buy. I think, in general, going back to that conversation, 
conversation, charcuterie yeah. is one of these things yeah. that like, let's do it. Right. And it's like, it, it, there's just a learning process. Like right now, we're actually at, at my restaurant, Juniper and Ivy. Our chef there is great at it. Right. And has figured it out. Right. But it's also because we had a couple years mm-hmm. to figure right. it out. And when you find people who are really good at it, like that's, it's a passion of mine. So like sausage making and forced meats are something I really like. But usually it's kind of a fool's errand, if you will. <laughs> Oh, I like that. A fool's errand, which would be a good name for a podcast, actually. Um, so did you have you done the DNA test? You had mentioned. I did. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so like how, how German are you? Uh, actually, a lot more than I thought. So okay. like if you look at me, you'd be like, you got off the boat from Scotland yesterday. Right. And that is still <laughs> the vast majority of my DNA. But it turns out I found out some. So I took the super expensive one that like explains everything. To oh, you. nice. Okay. Um, and so. Deep dive. Right. So what it comes down to is I have a lot of the. The Scandinavian actually blood, which I didn't expect, but it's because those are the like most Germans have a ton of it, and then people from northern British Isles, where my family's from, like my family, a lot of it still lives in very far northern Scotland, and so same sort of ancestry. Yeah, yeah. And then I married a German woman who's like, like Val's DNA is like you're one hundred percent German. Like, it's kind of amazing. I've always wanted to uh, open up an Eastern European. Restaurant. Totally. I want to so badly. And I try, I dabbled a f- couple years ago. We have a beer garden um, that's behind uh, Revival that's open seasonally, and we change the food every year. Uh, and so the first year, it was like German, Eastern European, and it was a total bomb. Like nobody liked it except me. Like right. I loved it. Right. You're and everybody like, else was like, best. it's hot outside. I don't want to eat this roasted pork knuckle. <laughs> I'm like, right, right. really? Why you would you not? Stuffed cabbage? Yeah. Right. I'm like, are you, I love it. It's great. Like, exactly. <laughs> uh, it is, it might be, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I, it's location. You need the right location. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I think that's one. If I do a restaurant out of town, I'll pick Milwaukee and do a German restaurant. Exactly. But it is a food. It, it is a genre of food that's kind of underserved. And we Very are in this so. time and place where, like, um, you know, like, it seems like if you just, like, ramen. Like, let's yeah. think about the ramen craze. Like, if you just find this one item from this one place that right. seems exotic, right. uh, you can just ex- explore sure. it. Yeah, I'm surprised that that hasn't caught on more, but... Yeah, maybe maybe you said Milwaukee. I'm gonna yeah. say Chicago. Yeah, there I'll, you go. I'll try. I'm gonna try to do it first. Yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, there you maybe, go. or maybe we could do. Maybe we. Yeah, collab let's collab. Let's do it, man. Uh, col- how are your feelings on collaborations? By I'm way? on board. It's like so hot right now. Yeah, 100. percent Like I'm on board because I, I think teamwork makes the dream work. Sure. You know, so even like in the fashion world, music obviously yeah. it's always been done. Right. But like just like Levi's and Jordans are coming together to right. do this yeah. like weird collab. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes you're like that's a weird collab. But yeah. other times you're like no, that makes perfect sense. That kind of works. You just did one with. Uh, Taja here, right? You had a little like yeah. or night or two. Or yeah, exactly. Like we did this thing called Hired Guns here at Gun Show, um, where we asked chefs who we kind of admire or who do something very different than what we do to come in, and we let them sort of run the show for a couple nights. There you go. Um, I'm available for that. Perfect. Uh, okay. Would you rather deep space exploration or twenty thousand leagues under the sea? Deep space. I have a horrible like like paralyzing fear of drowning. We're getting to know you, dude. I uh, ghosts and drowning. Like if you also were drowning and saw a ghost, or like if you're that'd be the worst. Like, that would be like the worst thing that could possibly actually be the best thing because I just have a heart attack and I'd be done drowning and seeing ghosts. Yeah, the the, the ocean. Um, again, I live on the water, and it's like still something I'm like. The ocean is still the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. Like I always with my kids too. It's like we would just spend a lot of time in Hawaii, and it's like it's the wilderness. Like you just can't run out there. Like right. it's it's scary. Yeah, yeah. For think. me, like I like it. It's beautiful to look at. I have absolutely no intention of getting in it. 
Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's go. neat. Based off of the skin color. Yeah, I get. Color. Oh, right. Well, right. that's the other add to it. But like, people Although Scotland, constantly, you're, you're from Scandinavia. These places right, are yeah. surrounded by water. Right. Yeah, but people don't swim in them. Like, you know, <laughs> they're cold. Like, that's true. so you know, they sit in a big wool sweater. Yeah. By right. A like fire. my favorite beaches are. My wife and I go to Maine every year. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of beach, but it's you couldn't like you could dip your toe in and be like, that's stupid. I'm getting. I'm not doing that. Yeah, and then I lived in. Oregon for a long time, and the water's like terribly cold there too. So, so you're more like look at a whale. Yeah, I like to look at the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I just like muscles. Surf yeah, side. I like I like to keep you know some professional distance. You know, like it's uh, respectful. Like you stay there, I'll stay here. So We're good. this isn't a, a well impr- impromptu. Would you rather than woods? Um, or so mountains or or yeah, mountains. beachside mountains. Yeah, mountains. You're a mountain guy. Yeah. Do you have a cabin yet? No. You know, you I do that. I know. I want to. We just. I'm like so picky that i can't we can't decide where like we're just torn on where i've always had the dream too and then that you know I, I come back to my senses when i start thinking of the whole like the favican yeah sort of right like, i'm just gonna ha- i'm gonna open up a cabin in the woods and we're gonna cook for six well people. you know i have this idea and, I, and maybe this will be the year that i finally do it i really want to do a um you know kind of out in the middle of nowhere even if it's just one dinner like i had the chance to go work for francis mallman for a while and it was like it it, it, that kind of I'm just still I, I just find something so intriguing about that there it, it's n- nature it's yeah. just a wonderful yeah. thing okay uh, would you rather I think I know the answer to this be a vampire or a werewolf werewolf 100 percent yeah like, totally that, that wasn't even, I'm halfway there I got like the beard yeah like yeah so yeah well first of all but w- vampires are cool yeah vampires are cool they're much more like um you know they're like the playboys of like the monster world I was going to say you know? like especially on like your top shift like Michael Voltaggio vampire yeah, total vampire you yeah. werewolf yeah like f- to me like vampires are much more chic and cool like I'm a werewolf because it's just I'm a total like it, it like I don't pretend to be n- more refined than I actually am that's very werewolf yeah you know? see like I'm a werewolf that wants to be a vampire <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vamp wolf uh, barbecue. Yeah. I know this is kind of close to your heart. Uh, would you rather eat barbecue in Texas or Carolina? Carolina. Just quick. So you're 100% uh, is this, of the is time. This, uh, is this a, uh, are you a vinegar snob? Yes, very much so. Nice. So like, you know, I, my family's from here, at least in the U S is from like the, the mountains in, in North Carolina and stuff. So that's whole hog, like chopped whole hog barbecue is all I ever knew is barbecue till I was an adult. Like I've since eaten it all over the world and I like all the other styles, but to me, like, iconically, that's the one that still, like, it pulls on the heartstrings. So know? I'm glad I got one in there that's, like, absolutely, like, your bread and butter. You Very know what I so. like? I'm a big fan of the Kansas City barbecue. I mm, like actually sticky and sweet. I have no problem with yeah, it. Yeah, you know, my wife is from Kansas City, so okay. I've, I've had to sort of learn to like it. Ooh, um, <laughs> nice. I like the meat, but I'll still be the first to admit that, like, I can't get on board with the sweet barbecue sauce. Like, right. I, I just, I like it to, like, dunk chicken tenders in, but I'm not, like, <laughs> on board with it for actual barbecue. I think barbecue. just the fact that you're, like, you're Dunkin' chicken tenders yeah, is like, like an amazing. If thing. you lie and say you don't like chicken fingers, you're just a total flat out liar. Like, that is uh, true. like I, you don't have to like the crappy ones, but like a homemade chicken finger. Are you kidding me? Like, who doesn't like that? That's one of those things that people will say they don't like it because they're trying to sound fancy. That's true. That's one like buffalo true. wings. Same deal. Like, you don't like them, you're a liar. Um, okay, television, which maybe you don't watch much of because you're a hipster. I don't watch very much, but I do watch a lot of particular television. Okay, so, so this is uh, Atlanta based. Is would you rather? Watch Walking Dead or the show Atlanta? Well, so I would say Walking Dead, but that is not because I find either show to be a show that I watch, but because my across-the-street neighbor is Daryl on The Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so more than anything, I'm interested in understanding why he's so weird. 
right. like in real life. I'm like, is it? Is he playing his character on the show? No, he's just a weird dude. He's just a weird dude. Yeah. but he kind of works for. The yeah, show. I mean, I like Norman, but he's a weird dude. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and the show Atlanta is just insane. It's one of the best TV shows that are out there. So, so I've watched. Watch it. more of it. I have watched it. I tend. You know what? I'll be the first to admit that. Like when my TV is on, it's. Like, it's on all the time religiously through football season. Right. Um, and We're, hockey and, season. And your allegiance in football is where? So, professionally to the Falcons, um, college is the University of Georgia. Like there you I, go. I, I, like, believe Sorry the red that. and My black, wife's a man. gator, so you know like, how that I works. I know. Like, well, as you can see, like, I just, I mean, I am a, I am a completely juvenile, immature UGA fan. Like, I have composure in all forms of life except Which is for college the football. Entire fan base, just to be clear, yeah, right? Like I can't clear. handle it, and yeah. I married an Alabama alumni. So Ooh, okay, like I'm actually surprised we're still married following the national championship last year Ooh. because I left her at the stadium. I got so mad that I just left. I mean, as a Florida fan, we just watched it on TV from New York right. and felt probably for the first time like devastated for like Georgia. Yeah, fans. it was rough, man. It, it was. It's really you know, rough. I'm convinced. And people don't know how serious it gets in they, the they Southeast. They don't have any idea. Yeah, right. Like especially like out in California, like yeah. we got USC and UCLA. Like, like you have no, 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 no. Like the only people no who I can explain it to, you know, the owners of a restaurant here in Atlanta called Miller Union. One of the owners, Neil, is a Tottenham fan. Right. And oh, like I'm an Arsenal boy, he so there you gets go. it. Like yeah. he understands what it means to like through the thick and thin. You know. Hey, if you like our show, uh, you're gonna love Brad Behavior with Brad Goreski. I love that guy. The newest podcast from the Lady Gang Network and Podcast One, from the red carpet to the runway, TV personality, stylist to the stars, and author Brad Goreski gets undressed in candid interviews with other celebs and friends. Each week, they contemplate and celebrate fashion, pop culture, and life's random surprises. Man, we were filled with those this week. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss Brad Behavior every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. This one's a three-parter. Would you okay. rather scattered, smothered, covered? Ooh, you know, so obviously I go all uh, <laughs> constantly. Um, but if I had to, if I couldn't pick all three and I had to go with just one, I actually go with the smothered. Like, nice. I like the onions. Which I think, yeah, explain, explain scattered, smothered, covered. So scattered meaning like the hash browns are scattered all over the grill. They're not like a perfect little round right. sort of orb. Smothered onions. And then covered American cheese. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of American cheese. Yeah. I think it's delicious. But if you got it, I, I, like, you have to choose quintessentially, one. Quintessentially, yeah, we got to go with the onions. But so. if you have not done it at all, if you're at a Waffle House, you got to right. do it. Right. So your play is if, yeah. you, if you're at the Waffle House, you yeah. do scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, diced, peppered, capped. That's Ooh. the way to go. Whoa. Dude, like I'm speechless. Yeah. Peppered and capped. Is it so it's like uh, jalapenos just, and mushrooms? The chunk is diced apps. ham. You know what I did? I, I, I last time I was in Atlanta, I went to a Waffle House, just because. Like, why not? Right. Right. And uh, I got the T-bone steak. Yeah, man. You sell more T-bones than anywhere in the world. It was a thin T-bone steak. It is the thinnest one you've ever seen. <laughs> but it was delicious. I like how they ask you your temp still. Like, what temp would you like to cook? You're like, yeah. does it come out anything other than medium well? Right. Ever? This it wasn't at Waffle House, but that recently happened to me at a Denny's. Yeah. Because that's how polished I am. Right. Uh, and, I, and they asked me the same thing. Like, what do you want temp? And I was like, medium, I guess. And it was like, it just came out extra well done. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's like, you're like, like, I expected that. Right. You're like, is this just a conversation point? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, why are you even asking me? <laughs> does anyone ask for it rare? Like, I don't I do make- Constantly, well, just I, to see what'll happen. I think if you ask for it rare, you might get it medium well. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's how it works. So, like, like if you want any color you, left, if you ask for it rare with extra seasoning, you'll get a steak that actually has some salt on it and isn't Ooh, completely cooked. You got all the answers, brother. Well, I'm kind of a big fan of waffle house. Me so. too. Me too. I've, I've always had a dream of like taking one that was like that didn't work, which never happens because they all no, kind of work. I, I talked to the 
owners last week. I actually got to take over a Waffle House for the weekend um, and cook my food in a Waffle House. It was awesome. Um, But I was talking to the CEO, and I asked, and he said they're opening, on average, they open one new store a week, and they close on average four a year out of the – they open 52 a year, close four a year. And I said, because they don't work? And he goes, no, because – they buy all the real estate, and so they close one if the real estate is worth more money without a Waffle House. Right. Essentially, they'll oh. close it and sell the dirt to you to build something else. It's from the McDonald's movie. It's oh a real estate God. business, it's crazy. not a food business. Yeah, that's, they'll be the first to yeah. tell you it's real estate that <laughs> sells breakfast. But I always want to do that because the open kitchen and just yeah. redo it with it's something awesome. like Polly. That's a, sort it was of a dream lot of fun for man. a lot of us. Yeah, right it was awesome. Uh, end of the podcast, uh, Chef, we do something called 86. It's 86. Okay. One thing in the world. That you want to 86. It could be serious or not. Yeah. Totally up to you. I got Which it. Kevin Gillespie want to 86? I would like to 86 people talking politics on social media. Oh, man. I, I think that we could all sort of use at least some downtime. Yeah. Like, I, I like social media for funsies. Like, to me, the reason you look at Instagram is to look at cool photos of stuff that are fun. And, and Facebook is, like, to know what your, like, cousins are doing that you never talk to. Like, I'm not super on board with social media becoming a platform for people to, like, just constantly go on, like, a political rant. Yeah. Like, it's become – it's been – it's made Twitter a challenging right, platform. Right. Exactly. Sure. And that's – I just – I just don't like that. Like, I, I'm, I'm all for people having their own opinions of, of – and being, frankly, even being very vocal about it. I just wish that social media – I think our world is getting more and more serious every day. And I wish there were just a few things left that were just meant for fun. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a great point, dude. I think we are losing that. And also, I'm also the guy who like – I'd rather – talk politics at like a dinner table with right. 12 people and maybe you know and obviously we people have different with context views, yeah where you where can you like can yeah. see my facial yeah. expression right and, and we I can, can like and i can explain better rather than the one-sided conversation that is twitter where you're like guess what world here's my opinion yeah i mean uh again uh, I, in I think, 140 characters or less right and screw you if you don't agree with it <laughs> right exactly but from either side again yeah. and, I, and i and i you know from from just a central perspective yeah. it's like you have to sort of like you do have to listen to people and, and, you know, social media is not really a great place for listening sometimes, right. yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I would love to get you back on. Love to, man. Uh, if you're ever out in California, I'm back in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. But okay. I think, I think we, didn't, we, we didn't even cut into the cake no, here, I'll keep, I'll keep doing it. I got all kinds of random stories to tell. Awesome. We're going to do it again. Thank you so Thanks, much. Dude. Listen, everyone, uh, I know you love this episode. Do us a favor. Head on over to iTunes uh, and hit, hit uh, subscribe. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Starving for Attention, the Thanksgiving Day uh, edition with Kevin Gillespie from woo, last year. What a great episode. Uh, and until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blades. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack as they are bringing the vegas to you missing the nfl no problem bet online has live daily madden nfl 20 simulations you can wager on if you're into entertainment betting you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and even the nathan's hot dog eating contest all open 24 hours a day and all online Visit the website or use the mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Bet Online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. 
Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. Visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert.